This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. Hi, I'm Ashley Hales, host of the Finding Holy podcast and author of the book, Finding Holy in the Suburbs. We're here to connect the dots between the things that matter in your everyday holy life. This first season, we're talking all about place. We're asking, how does where we live shape our desires and focus our attention? You'll love this interview with author and activist Micah Boyette. She and her family live in San Francisco, California. Here's why you want to listen in to episode six. Micah Boyette, author of Found, will talk motherhood, raising a son with Down syndrome, and what it looks like to be a good neighbor in San Francisco. Don't miss her helpful tips on practicing to see the way Jesus sees, even when you're in the school pickup line. Here's a bit more about Micah. Micah Boyette is a poet, activist, and author of the book Found, a story of questions, grace, and everyday prayer. She has an MFA and writes on spiritual formation, Down syndrome, and motherhood. She hosts the Lucky Few podcast, which focuses on changing the narrative surrounding Down syndrome. Stick around. I want to give you one small step to help take Micah's wisdom into your week. So here's my interview with Micah. This is Ashley Hales, and I am really excited because today we have Micah Boyette, who is an author, an activist, a speaker, and I can't wait for you to hear from her. Welcome, Micah. Thank you. I'm really honored that you invited me to do this, Ashley. Thank you. It's so fun. So I met Micah. I was total fangirling at a, the Festival of Faith and Writing. I remember reading her first book, Found, which is a book all about Benedictine spirituality and motherhood and being like, you changed my life and you've given my early motherhood years meaning. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm so excited that she's joining us today. I'd love to just chat, Micah, if you could maybe talk about as we think about what does it look like to find holy? What does it look like to pay attention to all the things that matter on the one hand and yet not get so abstract that we are not actually living in our concrete reality? As we're trying to connect the dots here on the right. Finding Holy podcast, what does that look like for you? Maybe on just an average day of how you connect some of these big ideas about motherhood and calling and writing to like what you do on an average weekday. Yeah. I, this is, I was just thinking about this this morning because I was reading a book that um, was talking about the brain. And have you heard that phrase, Ashley, what fires together, wires together about neurons in the brain? No, but I have been reading a book on neurons and emotions. It's been fascinating. <laughs> neurons. <laughs> um, so I, so I read this, this parenting book last year that really, really helped me called No Drama Discipline. Mm -hmm. They talked about, and they're the people who did whole brain child. Yes. And then in this whole other topic that I'm reading about right now, um, she just mentioned it as well. And it's just this idea that if an action and, and a feeling are often together or two, like 
two things that don't necessarily belong together mm-hmm. in the brain, the more that they are together, yes. the more that they will automatically be connected. Yeah. And so when I was learning about that in terms of parenting and I was thinking about my son's emotional outbursts, mm-hmm. like that that was thinking about, you know, when he, he's trained himself, you know, like when he feels this particular way, the only way to respond is Mm -hmm. scream or, you know, that sort of thing. And we look at Mm -hmm. our lives and there's so many of those, Mm -hmm. those ideas. This book I was reading, um, was talking about somebody who, I don't know, played the guitar with two fingers together or something. And after a long time, it was hard for him to ever move one of the fingers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of the time our spiritual lives are affected by our brains and like that the process of spiritual discipline is sometimes retraining our brains and having mm. the world mm-hmm. and and so so much of the time i think the battle that i'm fighting against is that i've trained myself that when i get outside and i'm going somewhere or i'm in the car mm-hmm. and i'm going somewhere that that is a feeling of anxiety Mm-hmm. And that is a feeling of rush and mm-hmm. and hurry. Mm-hmm. And so you don't look out the window of the car and see mm-hmm. what God is doing. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. don't look out from, you know, this process of, we were just talking, Ashley and I were just talking about kid drop-offs at right. school this morning. <laughs> and uh, you don't like go through that process and see the beauty around you what right because you have trained yourself in life or, or the culture has trained you or the world has trained you or whatever it is that when you do this particular thing the feeling you have is mm-hmm. is like must accomplish must hurt right must uh, right so that everything is really kind of going through this grid of productivity right. of like making us machines right. you know right, right. and not being people who are, where is God? Where's God moving? How am I participating in what he's already doing in the lives of myself, my children, my neighbors? Yeah. And how, so what does that look like for you to begin to retrain your neurons? Like what practical things have you done to try to just slow down maybe, or notice your space? I think some of it is just, um, like giving yourself those clues, those visual clues in your life. Mm -hmm. Because until you, like you can like commit in your heart, I will see the beauty today, you know? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Muscle down for beauty. Dear Lord, I promise. Um, But there's a lot to be said for just recognizing that there are simple things you can do Mm -hmm. to tell yourself to look up. Mm -hmm. So sometimes Mm -hmm. it's... a a note in the car that says, mm-hmm. um, look around you. Mm-hmm. Or um, sometimes it's giving yourself a rule of when you can look at your phone and when you can't. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's taking a deep breath or maybe it's listening to music in, mm-hmm. instead of all these wonderful podcasts that we're doing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, not that. <laughs> not that, listen. <laughs> um, but I think there's spiritual practices is always going to be practice the way that everything right. else is. And I think that mm. there's the, um, there are the ways we have ingrained ourselves in our routines. And the only ways out of that are intentional choices. Mm-hmm. And the, the smallest choices are usually mm. ones that affect you the most. Yes. Yes. 
I wish, you know, I just sometimes we want, we want the magic wand, right? Yeah. Of spiritual formation. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think too, like Thanksgiving always for me becomes the heart of change or shifting mm. of my mm. my perspective in the moment or the narrative mm-hmm. of the day. Like just to stop and be thankful always is what is going to bring me back into prayer. Yeah. But that's great. Training myself to do that is is hard it's work. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Um, I would love to hear just a little bit about where you live as we're, we're thinking this season on the finding Holy podcast, all about what does it look like to belong to a place? And we've had people from Canada, middle America, and you are in San Francisco. So tell I us am. a little bit about your neighborhood, your place. What does it look like to belong where you are? Mm. I so yes, I'm in San Francisco. I've been here for nine years. I'm originally from Texas, mm-hmm. and we are in the Sunset District of San Francisco, which um, literally means we have an awesome view of the sunset. On the all right, when the you can see it on the days when you see it when the fog isn't in charge. Um, so we are in a neighborhood of one of the few neighborhoods with small houses that mm-hmm. are not divided into apartments. Gotcha. So um, there's there's a lot more single family homes. There's driveways out here mm-hmm. and cars and garages. That's fancy. Yeah. yeah. It's real fancy. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and so there's a little bit of a less, it's still a very urban feel. It's still very sidewalky and, mm-hmm. um, but, but yeah, it's, easier for families. Right. So there's a lot more families out here. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little bit of a surfer vibe mm-hmm. about as surfery as San Francisco gets. It's not the most <laughs> town. Yeah. Um, Cause we're close to that. We can see the ocean from here. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a big Asian population. So the, the block from our house, we, mm-hmm. we walk past a lot of different, um, like interesting shops that have been cool for my boys to yeah. to learn about and to see mm-hmm. and to you know the the roasted duck is hanging from the window right. and yeah. and that kind of stuff. Um, so it's a and it's a this neighborhood as opposed to a lot of parts of San Francisco is a lot quieter mm-hmm. and also not super neighborly. Hmm. And we've been in this neighborhood for four years and it's Mm -hmm. still hard for me. There are people that I recognize who walk by and I say hi and there's not eye contact made Mm. or, um, you know, no response kind of stuff. So Mm. that's a, um, that's kind of a question I ask myself a lot is right. Like, what does it mean to be a good neighbor here? Yes. Yeah. When the blocks are, even though this is a more residential area, the blocks are packed with houses. Right. right? And they're more spread out. So it's not like there's geographical ways in which you are forced to relate to one another. Right. And there's not, right. There's not front yards. So there's not Mm -hmm. a lot of Mm -hmm. um, people out front doing stuff. Right. Um, So there's, there's a lot I love about San Francisco and, um, but engaging in my neighborhood has been something that's hard for me. Mm, and I, yeah. and our, my, our kids go to school in different neighborhoods because there's a lottery system um, mm. that kind of places kids all over the place in school. So that, so that's been that's a challenge right. too of yeah. like, um, yeah, what is your community is kind of getting divided up. Like, right. Which, yeah. School communities, your actual house community. Right. Yeah. 
church community. Yep. Yeah. So, um, what I do really, really love, I mean, there's so many things I could talk for a long time about raising my kids in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the diversity mm-hmm. that my kids are exposed to. Um, they are, all three of my boys are like just as white as you can be, little blondes. <laughs> yep. Um, and, and they are generally the only blondies in their classrooms. Right. Yeah. And, um, and I love that that's the perspective they're getting is really a, um, a perspective of being more of a minority in mm-hmm. a situation. Mm-hmm. And I really hope that that's forming them mm-hmm. in humility. And um, so that, because they are coming from a place of, of privilege. Right. And I want them to enter into the world with humility and being aware of Mm -hmm. all the different ways that people can live and believe and, um, and, you know, engage as families and Mm -hmm. that. that, Yeah, that that is a gift. We'll be right back with my interview with Micah. I wrote my book, Finding Holy in the Suburbs, because I didn't know how to live in the suburbs well. I wasn't sure I could fit, and I wanted to know beyond that how our places form our desires. So whether you live in the big city, a small town, or in the countryside, I'd love for you to pick up Finding Holy in the Suburbs. It's not just for suburbanites. It speaks of a suburbs of the soul, a story of busyness, consumerism, and individualism that shapes us. And ask the question, is God good? Even still, even when our circumstances aren't what we want, and how do we begin to belong to our places? Will you join me in reading Finding Holy in the Suburbs? If you haven't read it, I have a little gift for you. I'm giving away the very first chapter. So head on over to my website. That's at aahales.com. Enter your email and you'll get a little taste of the book for free. That's aahales.com. Now back to my interview with Micah. I'd love to hear... Um, if you haven't listened, Micah is um, a host of the Lucky Few podcast, which is a podcast on Down syndrome because one of her sons, Ace, um, has Down syndrome. And I'd love to hear from you, maybe if they're, you know, how that and you and your activism for him have kind of interacted with your place. How is, is San Francisco been a, a place, like you were saying, it's really racially diverse, um, you know, culturally diverse, um, diverse in its belief systems. And so it's allowed your boys to enter in to that diversity as just being part of what this looks like to um, to belong to a place. How has that been with issues of disability? You know, it's been an interesting process for me. Ace is three years old Mm -hmm. and um, it's been a lot harder for me to find community Mm-hmm. especially in the world of Down syndrome here in mm-hmm. San Francisco. When I first, I, I got a prenatal diagnosis for ACE. And so I had some time to prepare. And one of the things I did before he was born was look into a Down syndrome support group. Mm-hmm. And there was only one and it was Spanish speaking. Hmm. And um, since then, there is now an English speaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think, you know, San Francisco is a city that has... Um, more dogs than children. 
<laughs> That's what they say. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's a, you know, I think there's a lot of factors that play into how few children with Down syndrome live in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are, and I've now am connected with, mm-hmm. you know, there's about 15 to 20 families that I know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you go to a place in middle America, like where I'm from, Amarillo, mm-hmm. Texas. Uh, they just had a buddy walk, which is that yeah. that a, a fundraiser, a big um, awareness kind of event for Down syndrome. And there can be hundreds of, of people and kids at this event in a much smaller city. Right. And, right. Um, and here that's mostly due to, prenatal diagnosis, it's mostly due to termination of pregnancies. Mm. And what I have found in the city is that um, for the most part, the the reason there was a Spanish-speaking um, group was because it's more common for Spanish speakers to mm-hmm. have, um, you know, to have religious convictions that lead them to not into pregnancy mm-hmm. and a lot less common for, um, you know, upper middle class white yep. person in this yep. town to make that yeah, same choice. To make the yep. same choice. So, and then, um, you know, a lot easier to find support in the suburbs. Um, yeah. So that's been a, that's been a hard thing for me. And mm-hmm. I've had to kind of reach out and find my community online. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do have some friends in the city who, um, who have down children with Down syndrome, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, I feel like I can't really say I've built a community um, mm-hmm. around Down syndrome in, the, in San mm-hmm. Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, I've mostly like relied on the community that I already had. Right. Yeah. Has that felt like a loss for you? Yeah, it has felt like a loss. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things that um, you know, I think about for the future, like, is this, is this a place where ACE can find the friendships that he needs to find right. with, with other kids with different abilities? Yeah. And, um, and there are definitely other, other children in our lives who, who have other disabilities and not Down syndrome. Right. But, um, but yeah, it would be amazing to be in a community where, there. And, you know, I can drive an hour north, I can drive an hour south, and we mm-hmm. can get to, like, the Saturday morning music time or the, you know, all of those right. things yep. exist. But yep. um, it's hard to drive an hour when, right. when your other son has football and, you yeah. know, like all those things. Right. So, um, so, yeah, I'm still kind of in the middle of that. I'm, I feel like I've found a place um, – online and I found this space with the podcast mm-hmm. that um, I feel like I have a voice and I'm excited to use it in that space. Um, but yeah, I would love to see something. Yeah. In more integrated yeah. you know, and more local. Yeah. Right, that right. Right. So tell us just for a second about your podcast. We'd love to find out and tell people where to listen. Sure. It's called the Lucky Few Podcast. I host it with two other women Heather Avis and Mercedes Lara and our tagline, do you, I don't know yeah. what, the, what it's called. Our mission statement yeah. um, is changing the narrative by shouting the worth of people with Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. And I think our, our dream for it is that there really is 
there is a narrative about Down syndrome mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a narrative about how sad that is, how, mm-hmm. um, how hard it must be for families, how, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's really honestly a narrative in our country that, um, that people with Down syndrome are not necessarily fully human. Yeah. And, and we're all three really passionate about just giving the world a glimpse of how delightful our lives are, mm-hmm. how wonderful it is to have a child with Down syndrome, mm-hmm. how not like in a cheesy, I say this because I'm in front of people right. way, but um, like we're really grateful that he has mm-hmm. Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. That there is in my life, he he brings gifts that are um, just not accessible in other people. Mm-hmm. He has this antenna of um, sensing people's emotions and being mm-hmm. able to show empathy and compassion that I haven't ever seen in other kids. That's and, beautiful. Yeah, I so I think that you know a lot of our podcast is is practical things for families. Um, so we'll talk about education and we'll talk about behavior, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. But also a lot of it is just um, opening a window for people into that world. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. more and more, we hope, um, helping those who have no idea what Down syndrome is, mm-hmm. but only yeah. have this like, oh, it's a really sad thing. Idea. Right. Um, to know that there's other options besides immediately terminating a pregnancy. Yes. And I, you know what I, I hear you saying too, and I, you know, I see it throughout your work too, is that there is a way I think for us to be called, um, to be writing, to be podcasting and all of these things to be attesting to the beauty in something that we will tend as a culture to be cynical about or um, to demean or to, you know, I mean, even just your average suburban mom, that's, you know, where I live here in the Southern California suburbs who are, oh, I have this and oh, my kids have this and life is so hard because we're going on vacation and, you know, like everything, (laughs) everything becomes instead of that gift, that Mm -hmm. thankfulness, that gratitude is like another hard thing. And we've, We've created a narrative of our lives, no matter how very easy and privileged they are, that they're really hard. Yeah. And I think there, there's a lot to be said about, I am choosing to be thankful. I am choosing to see the beauty, even when things are for real, actually hard. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that it's, it goes back to the Beatitudes, right? Mm-hmm. Like, do we see the world as Jesus sees it? Or do mm-hmm. we see the world as... Um, as culture tells us to like, you know, is, is happiness in the hands of the powerful is happiness in the hands of the um, successful Mm -hmm. is super educated. uh, Right. Or, or is it there in the margins? Is it there Mm -hmm. with the, with those who are poor in spirit and Mm -hmm. those who are persecuted? And um, I think that what ACE has given me is more than just a, I mean, I think there is a, a tendency in the church to do like, I will shine up my hard story, you know, mm-hmm. let's polish mm-hmm. it and mm-hmm. I'll put on my happy face and I'll be like, I just am blessed and, <laughs> such a, you know, <laughs> what a gift this horrible thing was. Um, yeah. And it's just so different than that. It, it runs real deep. Mm-hmm. It's like a, 
you know, I don't think that's because I've done a lot of hard spiritual work or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think that when we start to see the world as Jesus says, we are invited to see it in the Beatitudes, mm-hmm. then we start to recognize that, oh, yeah, blessed really are the poor in spirit. Blessed, mm-hmm. it's really is a blessing to hunger and thirst for righteousness and justice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so great. So as we think about some of those big ideas, do you have like a, you know, a, a question or a framework or, you know, like, like you were saying, you know, put something on your sticky note in your car, like a practical takeaway for us to think about how do we do that? You know, how do we begin to see like Jesus sees? Um, what action step might we take to prime that soil of, of seeing newly? Mm. Um, I think like when, when I was in grad school, I had a professor who told me about this practice. She was this prayer practice where as she walked down the streets in New York, she would, and I can't remember what her prayer was, but she would try to just lift up every eye she made contact with hmm. and um, kind of hold hold that person oh, in prayer. Hmm. Uh-huh. I think there's a way of walking through the world where um, we either choose to look at the crowd of people in school pickup line, mm-hmm. um, we can look at it from our insecure place of like, that's the cool mom. And she, right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> look, she's dressed in real clothes. <laughs> or like, I hate myself because I'm not on PTA, but I just don't have time. What's wrong right. with me? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, or we can like, come from a place of of holding the the love of god for mm. the people around us where um we can look at the people in line next to us at walgreens mm-hmm. or the um the person beside us at the light in their car mm-hmm. and just start to go that person is deeply loved by god mm-hmm. and they have such a valuable life. Yeah. And I think that's a form of praying for people. Yeah. And it, that's great. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, yeah, I feel like the, the more that you start to do that, the more you're entering into um, engaging from that different level of right. it's not about this, per- it's not about success and power and privilege mm-hmm. and you feeling less than you've turned that, that, um, mirror off of you mm-hmm. and now you're looking out again right and you know that those you then we're able to actually see people and we're yeah. able to actually share jesus with people Absolutely. rather than everything being self-referential mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure oh it's work though but i like that you know so think you know as you're driving if you're driving right now and listening look instead of shouting at the driver who cut you off, take a breath and try to be thankful that they are also made in God's image just as much as you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Um, and so I always ask all of my guests what your laundry routine is. And the reason why I do this is because I, I really firmly believe if we can't see God in our laundry piles in making dinner, 
and, you know, see our own hearts sometimes very ugly in those process. Like, what are we, what are we on about? Right. So um, I would love to know, Micah, just what's your, do you have a laundry routine? What's your attitude towards laundry? You can tell Quot- us. Quotidian mysteries. Yes. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, it is a little bit Kathleen Norris. It's so good. <laughs> I um, know. I love her. I do too. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I'm not a very, I'm not naturally organized. So I've had friends who are like, oh, Tuesday's laundry day. And yep. I've never been able to do that. Okay. Um, I'm sort of, when I have the energy and the pile is overflowing, then mm-hmm. something goes in. Yep. Usually I do... On weekdays, I don't start laundry until like five in the afternoon once everybody's home from school and I can yeah. throw something in. And then I can get one load done on a weekday. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I actually look forward to folding because my gift to myself is I don't watch TV every night. Yeah. I'm too tired. I got to yeah. go to bed. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> but if I have a load of laundry, I get yes. to watch one show. And nice. then I can fold laundry. Yes. So it becomes this, yeah, your little act of self-care, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. And um, on weekends, the my boys are getting big enough. My two older boys are seven and 10. So mm-hmm. we have chores on Saturdays. And one of the chores is like bringing the laundry downstairs and starting to load. So um, nice. I usually kick things off and then... I keep doing laundry all day Saturday. Right. And so it's just all the time. Yes. And it just, yeah. But every once in a while when I'm writing and I'm stuck, yep. I will go start a little laundry. It, yes. It's either start a little laundry or go for a walk. But right. laundry feels more practical. <laughs> yes. So, And it's much better than scrolling through social media yes, when you're is. stuck. It is so much better. That's great. So yes, laundry might be something to help you get unstuck or just take a moment for yourself. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Micah. We'll make sure that all the information about your podcast and your writing and um, ways to connect with you are in the show notes, but it's been such a pleasure to have you. Thank you for helping us just think through in really practical ways. You know, what does it look like to see with the eyes of Jesus? What does it look like to care with people who are very different from us? What does it look like to begin to take our eyes off of ourselves um, in real practical ways? So thank you for helping us connect the dots. You're welcome. And I think it's been good for me to think about too, how am I integrating all these different parts of my life in in the city? Yeah. um, I think I need to think about that, being a neighbor. It's, yeah, it's, it's a challenge with us in our suburban context. It's still a challenge mm-hmm. too. I think wherever you are, people long for community. They long for neighborliness, but to make that the discipline and habit and way of life is a whole nother ball game. <laughs> it's hard. Yes, but it's good. It's good. Well, thank you. And we will talk to you soon. All right. Thanks so much. Ashley. Ashley. You're welcome. Every week, the guests have so much great wisdom to share, and it's always so practically grounded in the day-to-day. I love it. And this episode is no different. I hope you've listened to past episodes. We've covered everything from how to engage in social media, how to use story to help shape us, and how to be neighborly in your city or suburb. All the links to Micah Boyette's work, her podcast, The Lucky Few, and the books that she mentioned will be in the show notes at aahales.com slash podcast. But for now, here's your one small step. And it's Micah's practice. 
I'm encouraging you to create a visual clue for the change you want to see. Try grabbing a sticky note right now, unless, of course, you're driving. Write down a word or a phrase or a portion of scripture that you want to meditate on. For me, I'm putting a bright pink sticky note on the fridge that says breathe, so that when the noise of four small children and the homework hour gets a little bit too much, I'll remember that breathing is one way we help rewire those neurons, and it can be a form of prayer. So grab a sticky note, put on a word or phrase, and put it where you'll see it. Let me know how it goes. It's one small way to begin to take the ideas we want to embody, like peace, love, and kindness, and begin to make a practice of them. Thanks for joining us. It's my pleasure to bring these conversations out into the open so that we can embody the work of Christ in our own places. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and share it with a friend. Remember, things matter, but so does the laundry. So friends, may the Lord bless you as you breathe and as you do the laundry. This episode is brought to you in part by the Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries podcast. Do you want to grow in your influence? Bow's episodes feature tips for leaders of any kind, from mentoring one woman to leading a ministry. Browse Bow's podcast at beyondordinarywomen.org.